We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. If you see a lot of people that you consider to be sharp players, uh, with a certain construction, or if you didn't even consider someone that ends up being 78% owned, like, well, that's a problem in your game. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird and Jordan Cooper. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. Joined on this Monday by Jordan Cooper, as usual. Uh, we are in the middle of some World Cup qualifying slates. We can discuss those at some point. I don't find them quite as interesting to discuss now. So we're going to talk about uh, a few different things, a little bit of rake, which everybody loves talking about. Um, but we're going to start at least... Um, Actually, I should start by saying, hi, Jordan. How are you? Good. I, I Good <laughs> World Cup qualifying. You're, you're going to take that all out of my, like, I after a week of, like, seemed like I couldn't get anything right. World Cup qualifying, I, I've, I've done actually pretty, pretty well. Pretty well, uh, especially these, these short slates and games that you have to determine which games matter and which games don't. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah, so don't, don't gloss over the fact that I actually did well. 
<laughs> All right. Do you think the who has uh, something to play for is something that is not built into the odds? Like, I feel like that's just narrative. No, no, no. It, it's it's not built into the results, but it's should be considered as far as daily fantasy is concerned. Because a lot of people uh, the other the other day uh, didn't play. I mean, he was well enough played. Lee Griffiths mm-hmm. uh, at ninety one hundred. Uh, in a in a forward spot, uh, but Scotland needed to win that game. So which means that I mean, and and Martin was up top, so Griffiths was going to play wide. So if they need to win, they're going to just start sending the ball into the box. So I'm looking for peripherals. I'm looking for corners. I'm looking for free kicks, that type of thing. So when they when they have when they need to get a result, I'm expecting fullbacks to be pushing up. I'm expect I'm expecting that type of behavior and of course once one team is attacking too heavily they're susceptible on the counter which means if they go down then they're going to push even more right so that's why i look at those types of things as well as uh if they have something to play for uh the star players are more likely to play 90 regardless of even if they're, if they're tired whereas a team where yeah they may be playing most of their regular 11 but who knows i mean like the other day i didn't play rashford at all for england no matter how far England was favored regardless of the fact that if he was going to take all set pieces because like he could come out at the half right like I'd, ra- I'd rather I'd rather I he's a floor play sure but for his price I'm like I'm I'll, I'd rather go Griffiths I'd rather go with the high goal scoring odds guy in the like the minus 1200 game right who may still come off at 60 minute mark but they may be up four or five nothing at that point I mean we took a look at Sweden eight nothing oh. Of course, of course, it's eight nothing, and Forsberg sitting there with like four points. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I feel like that happens not that often, but enough that you're just like, ugh, maybe that's right. And, and Grandquist is taking the penalties; he gets right. two goals. Right. And then we had that 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 situation where, uh, who was it? What what team? What what team are we talking about? That. The the center back that also plays as a, as a center. Oh, forward? as a center forward. Yeah. Tam. Was, uh, yeah, Tam. Um, I don't even remember who he played for. Right, one of those Eastern European teams right. or whatever that was playing Malta or right. So you had, did he score four or did he score three? He scored through a hat. He scored a hat trick and got the clean sheet bonus. Right, right. But I mean, when when uh, it's not, it wasn't a DraftKings like error, like for his club side because I checked it on Wikipedia because yep. I'm like, because the first thing that you think is that you look on the UEFA side and you go, they must be putting people in the wrong spots. Mm-hmm. And then he then uh, did a Wikipedia search. He's like, okay, he plays as a center forward for his club team, but he also plays cent- he plays a center back, but also sometimes plays as a center forward. So I'm like, okay. And you know, the goal scoring odds for who Zenjov was supposed to be like the center forward, right? Like his goal scoring odds, it was like 68 percent or something. So I'm like, how do you not play a 3600 dollar guy that it has a 68 percent chance of scoring in a <laughs> exactly. defender spot? In a defender right. spot, yeah. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, you have been pretty transparent about how you have built up a bankroll over the last few years. Uh, and it seems like now that it's high enough or not now, but recently you've been playing a little more high stakes and I kind of wanted to talk about kind of what you've seen between the lower stakes and higher stakes in terms of how people play and whether, uh, everyone who plays high stakes is good or not, or if you see there's more edge at the higher stakes, the way you, you play. Like, what do you think are the biggest differences that you've 
kind of experience now that you are basically playing both? Well, rank has become much more of a consideration now that, you know, as, as you're as you're playing more and more volume, you're paying more and more rake. I mean, the, as the percentage goes up it in real raw money, it means it means more. I mean, as more utility, mm-hmm. like you could see you could see like I could have bought X with that. If you're playing forty dollars worth of volume, uh, you know, ten, the difference between ten percent rake and eleven percent rake is forty cents. Right. So in the I mean, yes, it adds up over time. But if you're playing two thousand in volume, one percent difference is twenty. I mean, it's twenty bucks, mm-hmm. right? So twenty bucks. I, I go to the movies for twenty bucks, thinking to take that out every slate. I mean, that comes out to several thousand over the course of the year. And uh, I talked about this a bunch. I was on the the Perfect Lineup podcast. So if anyone wants to, if you get, haven't gotten enough of me, <laughs> talk for two hours. Uh, on that podcast, so subscribe to that perfectlineups.com or just search for it in iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of looking at the, at how the 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 effect of rake on my ROI, uh, meant that it may be better to cut down on the contests that get raked the most and focus more on the lower raked contests. Uh, obviously, as you move up in stakes, you get typically better competition although that isn't entirely true mm-hmm. uh just just like in poker uh you could you could find great players at the the three six level that just well they don't they don't have that much money but they're still great players they just don't have a bankroll mm-hmm. and then you find plenty i mean if, if you're worth a uh, hundred million dollars playing three dollar poker may not be all that exciting <laughs> right. to you so you're gonna play 300 600 even if you're horrible so that's how that's kind of how the high end uh, gamblers, I guess, or players or ga- any type of game players, uh, you know, go in with it. A lot of times, uh, you know, you're it's an eight people at a poker table that you're all looking at each other going, eh, when the skill difference isn't that great, but we're waiting for the one schmuck to sit down because mm-hmm. he's going to feed all of us in this game. So you, can, you, you view uh, higher stakes. I don't play at the highest stakes. Uh, contests in the same way and because it is raked lower your edge difference between opponents doesn't have to be as great if, you, if you're getting raked at 15 17 percent you know the, the, i wouldn't play you andrew mm-hmm. like we, we'd end up trading money and uh you know even if i believe my let's say my edge over you i'd say is eight percent well that is still isn't enough to cover the rake right and eight percent would be fairly decent enough you know with 12 percent edge i mean now you're hitting you know the rake line kind of so if you have a 12 to 15 percent edge over someone if you're playing a contest that's raked at 12 to 15 percent like now now you're even mm-hmm. so, but if you're playing a contest that's rakes at nine percent and you're i have a 15 percent edge over you yeah that's six percent i'll take it yeah you'll take that right so i mean that that's really the consideration when it comes down to uh, if I'm going to play X amount of volume, uh, I could play a ton of lower stakes and just play in everything and play, you know, max entry, the one dollar or the quarter arcade and things like that. Or I could just take that all and go, I'm, I'm, I'm going to play the, you know, the hundred dollar top corner, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's an 11 man, a hundred dollar. I mean, but it's it's uh, nine, nine point oh nine percent rake. So. I'll take that over the quarter arcade, which is at like seventeen and a half percent. Yeah, that's pretty. Even at, even at a quarter at a time. 
Right. Um, you mentioned, I remember, um, I don't know if it was the last slate before the international break, but it was a basically a Lukaku slate. And you noted that Lukaku was basically 75% owned in cash in the lower stakes and like closer to 50 in the higher. Uh, do you find that the higher stakes ones tend to be less goal dependent forwards than we have been seeing in the lower stakes ones? It depends on the slate. I mean, it's it's all slate dependent. When once you move up in stakes, the higher stakes, especially in soccer, in bigger sports, there's a lot bigger of a player pool. Mm-hmm. So you get you, you you have to have your style and you kind of go with it. But in soccer, you could look at the opponent list. I mean, you've played people enough, especially when we're talking about head to heads, that you get a sense of this is the this guy typically goes in this direction, this guy goes in that direction. This, you know that you get a sense of some pays up a goalkeeper, doesn't pay up a goalkeeper, you know, those types of things. And really what, what, what I look for in higher stakes, lower, smaller field plays, I'm, we're talking about like three mans. We're talking about four, the four player 50 fifties, those types of things is that I think obviously I'm, I'm, ent- I'm entering contests that I think I have an edge. Uh, I want to mitigate my risk of upside and, win on the sharpness of my lower end parts of the lineup. So for instance, like when you mentioned like the Lukaku slate, like I'm, I'd much rather not get beat by a Lukaku hat trick. So I'll play Lukaku, but I'll be able to select the $3,900 defender. That's better. The, the $5,200 midfielder, assuming that my opponents are less sharp. So if they do play Lukaku, that I'm going to win three points on this guy and four points, you know, I'm, I'm going to chip away. They're going to pick someone that get, that ends up getting only two points while my defender gets nine. Mm-hmm. You know, those types of things. So you end up beating them 86 to 78 type of type of thing. But you're not going to get killed by Lukaku. If you if you if you if you're not playing a guy that that has if you're not playing a guy that has massive upside on a slate that you think your opponents are going to play. And we, we say it on the podcast before, like if he scores a hat trick, you're dead. You can't right. ship away at that. You would have to just get lucky and just have, you know, weird defenders that get goals or, you know, the punt midfielder gets a goal to make that up. So those are the considerations, whether or not you play that way, it's all slate dependent, but the considerations should be that if you believe that you are sharper than your opponents in a, especially in a small field contest, you want you want to win on the edges. You don't want to. I'm. I'm. You don't want to go with a gut play and go. I'm gonna. I'm, this is what I think, even though I know my three other opponents will not think this way. Like you'll either win or you'll lose, but you won't either come. Cl- you'd you'd rather, uh, you'd rather come in second eighty percent of the time than. Uh, first or fourth, fifty percent of the time, because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to fade. I'm going to go off the board. It's like you don't have to go off the board. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't have to have a contrarian anything. It's just you, you want to match any any high own high upside play. You want to match and then beat everyone on uh, who gets to choose the correct forty five hundred level defender, because you believe that over the course of the long run, you're sharp enough that uh, you're going to select right more times than not. So, right. you know, or, or, uh, it's a two V two 
and I went with the $4,200 defender and a $5,700 midfielder, and them combined beat out someone, you know, they punted at defense and went to a 3,000 center back and a, you know, $7,800 goal-scoring utility player, and the goal-dependent player puts up three, and the center back puts up two, and you put up, you know, six in your defender spot and seven in the midfield, and you win. Like, that. that's what you're going for. Where they make a, a where the, the less sharp player makes a construction error, but can't beat you on the high upside. Mm-hmm. So you think that? I mean, it sounds kind of silly to ask, but it seems like you think. Obviously, there are more players playing on the in the lower stakes, but percentage wise, you think that there are significantly more un unsharp, or I guess I would say more sharp players in the higher stakes, like. Yeah, well, relative most definitely. to yourself. Yeah, most definitely. There's, there's, there's sharper players, but even sharper players have proclivities. Mm-hmm. I have my proclivity. People must know, you know, I, I'm i typically, uh, when in doubt, probably not going to punt all the way down a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. And most likely not also going to go all the way up. I'm most likely not going to punt all the way down at, at, at defense, like for like a, an underdog uh you know, center back from another team just so I could fit in other people and just take the one point there. Typically, that's not me, but you could use that against me. If you're playing head-to-head or in a three-man, in a four-man, that type of thing. Uh, At the lower stakes, you're playing a lot more people, so you you can't adjust based on your opponent. You just have to go with what you believe is going to be the optimal lineup if you play this slate out a thousand times. Who are you going to place in the 55th percentile? Uh, more times than not. Uh, and then don't worry about, you know, if a couple of people in your $1 double up played, you know, Manolo Gabbiadini, who scored a brace in cash when you would like, why, why would you ever be playing? But, but five got, because you're playing in a 34 man double up, you may see five or six people with some weird guys that, for, for a cash play at least. And uh, that's why you, your goal isn't to win. Your goal is in a 34 man double up is to come in 15th. So as long as you do that, you're fine. So don't think in terms of what everyone else is going to do. Just do what you think is going to be optimal if you play it out over a thousand times. Once you get to the higher stakes, um, I mean, you could play the same. You could play the same way, uh, just that your variance is just going to. I mean, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. Me, I'd rather take somewhat into account. Okay, who's playing this slate? Who's playing opponent wise? Because a lot of times you're in multiple three mans and multiple head to heads. And, though, and, of course, you could separate it. You could have multiple lineups for different opponents if you want. Uh, but take into account, it's like, oh, someone's, you know, I'm playing uh, this guy, this guy, and this guy are playing. And I kind of know their style from looking at their lineups. So the likelihood of them going with the high goal-scoring forward versus an unlikely to go with the goal-scoring forward, right? And then that's how, you, typically, that's that's the number one consideration, especially on a slate with, like, a, a favorite of minus 300 and above. Mm-hmm. Should you play Harry Kane in cash? type of situation should you play Aguero or Jesus in cash those types of considerations because uh, then you could piece everything together from there but if, you, if you're going to choose not, if you're going to go well I don't, these are the types of guys that won't pay up there so what, what, what what's the chalk going the other way and then try to beat them 2v2 you're going to see in, in the higher stakes a lot of the a lot of these slates come down to 2v2s like six slots are going to be equal right and right. it's going to be a goalkeeper versus utility player switch or defender versus utility or, you know, you may get a 3v3, but a con- the construction is similar. 
Like instead of the $4,600 defender, your opponent picked the $4,400 defender and a, and the 5,700 utility spot and a goalkeeper that's 100 less than yours. But in general, like the core players in the lineup are about the same, are like pretty much, you know, you, the, the five guys are like, okay, that, that set piece taker on that favorite, that, I mean, like, like it's, it's not, it's not that difficult. If you're so far, if you're playing that in the higher stakes and you're so far off, then you're probably going to get beat more often than not. So that's why if you do play, you know, $25 double ups and above, uh, the, even the $20 head to heads and above, uh, take a look at people's lineups. And if it, uh, once the slate locks, you should be looking at your opponent's lineups. And if you see a lot of people that you consider to be sharp players uh, with a certain construction or certain, you know, players, you know, if you're if if you didn't even consider someone that ends up being 78 percent owned, well, like, well, that's a problem in your game. Right. Yeah. You messed that one up. Do you find yourself uh, or do you think you'll ever get to a point where you play different cash lineups in the higher stakes versus the lower ones? Sometimes I do. Okay. Sometimes I do do that. Sometimes it's more to mitigate risk on, on a on a slate where uh, you could you could go in two different directions. Sometimes I will split. Sometimes I'll actually I'll play one lineup that I only play in like the five dollar or ten dollar and below double ups and head to heads, and then I'll play one cash lineup that's for the higher stakes. Sometimes I do split that way, and I have two different types of lineups for for that for that purpose. Sometimes I win both of them. Sometimes I win one or the other, you know, cash in one, cash in the other. But it really depends on how much action am I putting in on that slate and how much and, and based on look, you know, if I if I take a look and I go, uh, there's there's two distinct ways to go. And I like both of them in, equally. I may split it up that way. Hmm. You split it up uh, based on stakes. Yeah. Is it tend to be a, a player issue or a, or like, is it two players you can't decide on or are they completely different? Typically builds? two different constructions. To, yeah. to, it typically comes down to, do I pay up at forward or do I dinky do it forward? And I like both of them. My gut as a, my normal style is the dinky do. Uh, and depending on, do I think sharper players are going to dinky do or are, Crappier players gonna, you know, typically crappier players will go for the goal dependent forward. Sure. So I'll I'll play I'll 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 play the goal I'll play Luka I'll play that Lukaku slate, low in, in the low stakes, and then do the balanced, in the high stakes. If I feel as if both of them are completely valid. Now sometimes you know if, if it's a ten percent difference, then I'm I'm just gonna go with what what I believe is. And I'll deal with the variance because I have I'm I'm not playing a big big enough portion of my bankroll that you know oh well I went off the cliff mm-hmm. way well there there goes 0.8 percent of my bankroll okay I'll make that up next slate so really it, it depends on how much how much risk you're willing to tolerate and if you're playing within your bankroll there's no reason to you don't even have to make the, feel free to just play your one app optimal lineup and just know that you're they're gonna win all of your double ups today you're gonna lose all of them. And then tomorrow's another slate, but you can hedge in some capacity and you're not hedging to like change out six guys. It's re- it's that two V two. It's that, you know, or three V three. If I take out the high gold amendment forward, what does my lineup look like? And pretty much it's a change of like two people. You change a utility, you're putting two floor players in for a, a high forward and a, you know, a third defender. 
in the utility spot. Right. So, I mean, if everyone else performs, you know, up to snuff, you, I mean, you could do well in both of them. So it's not, it's not like you're doing one or the other. Say, if you're going to do multiple variations, save that for GPP. I was just about to turn there. Like, where do you specifically have, like, a high-stakes GPP yep. construct? Then yep. Vers- okay. Yep, I'm going to be doing it uh, this coming Saturday for the Golden Goal. Okay. I have one, one entry, maybe two, if I win another seed i'll have two mm-hmm. and that's the one where i'm thinking okay it's 130 people and it's most of the sharp players how do sharp players think and how could i be slightly off of that mm-hmm. where where do i think a lot of people are going to go and how could i be close but slightly off because in 130 man you don't have to be that different right in the corner kick for five bucks i mean i'll have 15 lineups and some some of them will be just fucking weird you know, just I'm stacking things. I'm putting, you know, um, that's where I'm playing Sullivan Rondon. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, the rare game that he gets a hat trick or something. You know, so, so th- that's where I do all of that. But I mean, it depends on the payout. Like five into five thousand. You know, I'll I'll play that. It's not absurdly. I'm not playing. You know, uh, four Crystal Palace players against uh, Chelsea or something. Right. That's what's coming up. But I mean, I, it's the place where like if the guy that everyone thinks is going to score doesn't score. Who you know? That's where you play the Raheem Sterling, mm-hmm. right? Like the fifth option on on Man City or whoever. You know, it depends on how they line up. That's where you play. You know, you hope for the uh, Odomendi header or Stones or something. Mm-hmm. That that's where you do that. In 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 even in the high like the four hundred dollar long ball. I mean, it's like a twenty nine thirty five man contest. You could pre- you could pretty much play your cash lineup in those as as upside. But I don't. I just have a slightly separate. I, basically, my cash lineup with the 2v2 kind of changed to more high goal upside. That, that's where, like, the other slate, even though he didn't score, played Andy Carroll. I want to get the, possibly the 10% brace right? versus the 35% goal. Huh. The, the, the 35% high-owned guy is probably going to score a goal, but I'm looking to get the 10% brace. Mm-hmm. Or get the 10% goal to equal that at a significant cost savings where I could then pay up elsewhere. But it's a small contest. It's not a matter of uh, playing against sharp players. It's a matter of you playing a small field. Right. right so right. when you're playing a 35-man field, when you're playing a 50-man field, 135 even, like the, the amount of contrarianism you need is is limited regardless of the skill set of your opponents. But when you're playing a 2,000, 3,000, I mean – it's still small in the grand scale. It's not like football. Mm-hmm. It's not like NFL. It's not like PGA or anything. Uh, where you, I mean, you may have to play a 0.6% owned guy to win, win. Uh, that, but it, even in the 6,000 per the corner kick or whatever, like that's where, that's where you play. And like, where's the crowd going? How can I be slightly off? And a lot of times uh, where I've, I've done well, uh, it's, it's when it's chalk days. When it's a chalk day, I'm typically doing well in GPP also because chalk days, I have six chalk players. Right. It's the two other guys that, you know, it's a slightly different lineup construction. And, you know, I got I got the Andy Carroll brace. I got the the, the Manolo, Manolo Gabbiadini hat trick or something. You throw in that Rondon, that that type of guy. Or you you end up picking everyone's going one way on what, you know, on, on Arsenal. Like everyone's playing, uh, you know, it's a 42 percent on Alexi Sanchez. And, you know, you played an 8% Ozil instead. Right. Instead, yeah. 
and then you played everyone else not like you played every you played all the other chalk players like the, that you know is going to be 20 30% owned and you just happened that that was you know one of the champions league slates that uh that, I mean I won a ton of money on is because the, when Ozil had that hat trick in the six nothing mm-hmm. whatever win I did just that I, everyone was going to be on Sanchez and I did have Sanchez in cash that wasn't a, that wasn't a problem but it's like for for you know I'm playing nine other lineups and then the, the whatever twenty the golden boot or whatever the hell it was, um, like okay instead of chances I'm going to put in Ozil. But I mean I'm doing that in all the I, I went for Arsenal's going to score a bunch of goals in each of these lineups. I'm going to try to get Aaron Ramsey in one of them. I mean he didn't do anything, but that lineup was a uh, you know it's just a GPP lineup. So I went with the the, the match flow that kind of uh, in game script in my head of Arsenal's going to win six nothing. But I don't know where the goals are going to come from. Everyone's going to play Alexis Sanchez or possibly Giroux. I mean, this was last year. Last year, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. And then Ozil will be the third. So I'm like, I'm going to pl- I'm, I'm just going to play all of them. I'm going to play. I mean, I had like nine lineups and like one would have Alexis and Ozil. One would have Alexis and Giroux. One would have Giroux and Ozil. One would have just Giroux. One would have just Ozil. One would have Ramsey and Ozil. One would have Ramsey and Giroux. Well, whatever Ramsey and Sanchez, you know, like <laughs> you make nine lineups like that. So I'd like if, if Arsenal wins six, nothing, one of these lineups should do really well. Now, if they don't win six, nothing and they add, they, you know, one, nothing, then they all go down to flames. <laughs> I can make it up el- elsewhere. Uh, but I mean, that's what I'm, that's really the GPP strategy I'm going for. I'm not making these, these out of nowhere. This, like if one thing happens, this lineup goes down in flames. I'm just going like based on the game scripts that I think are going to happen. These are where I think maybe the goals are going to go from. But I'm not just going off. I'm not. I'm not playing a lineup for Arsenal to win and then their opponent to also win six nothing. Mm-hmm. Like it, that makes no sense. You might as well you know, just play less volume and lose one of the lineups because all you're doing is betting against yourself in that situation. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, decide where you're? Where you're entering, GPP wise. I mean, you well, I enter, I enter in my house. I enter. I typically enter in the bathroom. Okay. okay. Typically, I'm sitting on the toilet and I'm entering contests. Hmm. Okay. That's how I decide. I mean, it's 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 kind of made for me, the way my bowels are. <sighs> that's not the road I'm I'm heading down. That's um, not the way. That's not the where you were looking. That wasn't. Yeah, not quite. Not quite. Um, but you talk about how you, you know, multi enter some of them. Like, how do you how do you decide? Because now you're saying you're not to play the smaller ones as much because the rake is so high like where do you how do you decide how you break it all down well i mean i always play whatever the main small gpp is like the three dollar the striker three to five dollar one even though that rake has gotten up to past 15 percent, i'll play that like that's the only one past 15 percent that i'll play but it depends on what the prize pools are if you know first place is only a thousand bucks it's a small interleague slate even if it's six teams, six games that are on, I may only play uh, five lineups okay. total, right? So, I mean, it'll be like one cash lineup and then like one lineup in the golden boot, which is like 120 man or whatever the, whatever it is. And then I'll like, I'll do two other lineups where they're each in the, you know, the main $5 one. And then one is like the 12 and one in the nine. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I, I, I spread it out so that, you know, the lineups are about equal to one another uh, other than the main cash lineup. Uh, but on like on Champions League slates where there's eight games and there's, you know, bigger prize pools, really it has nothing to do with the, the amount of games. 
It has to do with the, the size of the prize pools mm-hmm. and how heavy, how top heavy they are. So the top, more top heavy they are and the bigger they are, the more lineups it'll do. Okay. The flatter they are and the less, you know, there's no point in making, there's no point in making, uh, you know, 20 lineups for a thousand dollar first place in a, in a $5, I mean, you're spending a hundred bucks, right? No matter, even if it's a 12 game slate and you can make a ton of lineups because there's so many games to choose from, just the first place doesn't pay enough. Mm -hmm. I'll just take my stand. I'll go and I'll fade the games that I want to. And then whatever happens, happens. There's no point in putting that many in, but on a, on an EPL or UCL slate where, uh, you know, we have the you know when they have the special contests or anything like that. I'm more inclined to play more lineups, twelve lineups, fifteen lineups, nine lineups. Typically, it's in threes because it looks better and it's easier to look at on the desktop screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the only re- that's the only reason. There's there's no mathematical reason other than um, anal retentive, and it just looks you know I, it's a three three by three grid. Right. <laughs> so it's like I'll do everything by threes. Like twenty, it's like uh, you know that there's only two on the bottom, so I typically just go by threes. But the amount of entries I put into the specific contest is all based on the prize pool and the structure. Mm-hmm. So some some weeks, uh, some slates, I I will have one entry into the golden boot, whatever the twenty-seven to thirty-three dollar GPP is. Uh, some weeks I'll have three. Some weeks I'll have six. Some weeks I'll have thirty. Uh, Typically, that's when it's five minutes to go and it's overlaying right, or it's right. virtually re- or it's not overlaying, but it's su- at such decreased rake from what it's normally. I'll just double enter all my lineups like again, like I'll do that for the corner kick also. Like, like even if it's even if it's if it's overlaid, sure, I'm, you know, I'll enter as many times as I can. Uh, even if it's 15, I'm not going to make extra lineups with three minutes to go. Mm-hmm. I'm just entering the same lineup and training all of them in a row. Right. Uh, because anytime you get even rake cheaper, if a contest goes off at only 3% rake, hey, it's still better than the 15% it would have. So I'll, t- I'll take it. I think my edge is big enough that now I'm just going to make more money because mm-hmm. 12% of the pool isn't even coming out anymore. Right. right. So, so great. So give it to me. That's fine. It doesn't have to overlay to the point where you're actually profiting from entering the contest. And sometimes at the higher stakes, you see that also. I mean, I, I monitor that. Sometimes uh, in the past, I've only played like the $400 long ball, uh, not because I was planning on it, because it's two minutes to go. It's a 17-man contest, and it's at 11 of 17. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, until they get to 14... 14 is the rake line, pretty right. much. 14 and a half or something like that. So even if I'm the 15th guy in, like, I'm virtually playing for free, rake-wise. Rake-wise, right. And, and I'm playing it. You could do these. I can make these kind of considerations because I'm playing such a small percentage of my bankroll. When If you're playing at, you know, 10% of your bankroll on a slate, those are much heavier considerations because, you know, then you're playing above your head mm-hmm. in that situation. Me, I, I'm play. I, I'm so conservative bankroll wise that I could take a shot from now and then. But still, if if I saw it was 16 out of 17, I would never play it. I would right. Just, eh, whatever. I would skip. Get past it. But now that I'm not accumulating a lot of the one dollar entries and the quarter arcade entries and the two dollar nutmeg and whatever whatever they want to call the smaller contests, like I may have enough entries that that is that 
combined 60 or 70 bucks. So I'll take the 60 or 70 bucks and play, play a, instead of playing a $20 three man, I'm playing a $50 three man. Mm -hmm. I'm taking those, I'm looking at those little shots here or there, figuring that I'm saving money on the low end and still playing, moving up my volume and just playing a higher, higher end contest. To go back to the lineup screen, if DraftKings made it four across, would you play more lineups? It was four across. I'd probably well twelve is still. It'd just be it'd just be multiples of four. Actually, it may decrease the amount of lineups because now I'd be more inclined instead of playing nine lineups, playing You're gonna eight. Play eight. Oh, okay. Right. So it's gonna be it's gonna be four, eight, twelve, sixteen. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. normal amount of lineups on a uh, normal size slate, like a four or five game slate, will be uh, well, it'll be six or nine. So maybe if they do make it four by four, maybe I do play eight <laughs> now. But I. But, but but even if I played six, at least that's kind of semi-symmetrical. It's four and then two. But also, once we get down to, like, four lineups and six lineups, a lot of times I'm editing that on my phone. Mm-hmm. Once it gets up to eight, nine, then I do it on desktop. Because it's quicker on desktop for that many. Because you have an hour. So, like, if I'm, if, if, if I'm only playing, if it's a two-game slate, uh, interleague slate with, you know, barely a prize pool or whatever, I may have three lineups. Like I don't, I'm not doing. I'm I'm doing three, maybe four. I mean, I could do that on my phone. It's when I have 15 lineups that I can't do it on my phone. Although I do my cash lineup on the phone. At what point do you decide how many lineups you're gonna have? Like I said before, it's a, depending on the prize structure and the, the 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 prize pool. No, I know, but like at what? Like, do you are you usually at? Uh, is it 9:30 Eastern where you're like? I no, need no. More this or? is when the when when the slates first post. Right. I'm typically take a look. I'm typically the first one in a lot of contests, mm-hmm. like because I'm 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 in the DraftKings app, uh, you know, twenty times a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I, I poop that much, <laughs> I poop and smoke that much. That okay, let me check. What what did they? Oh, okay, they opened this up, mm-hmm. and I make I make the lineups first. I don't enter anything. I make uh, I look at the the contest, the main contest, and go how many you know games there are on the contest and what the prize pools are. And I go, okay, this is, uh, I'm going to make nine lineups. And then I go in and I make a first run at a cash lineup. Just looking, I'm just, who's eligible at forward, what the salaries are. And I'm putting something together in two minutes. I'm on the toilet. I need to go. Uh, And then from there, I'll just change the goalkeeper and make nine lineups or make six lineups or four lineups or 15 lineups, whatever it is. Uh, And then, the first lineup that I made with that goalkeeper, I'll just create all my head-to-heads and enter, you know, post all of them, and that's and that's where I stop from there. And then throughout the course, this could be three days in advance, and then I just start entering contests. I go, okay, let me enter all of these, all in the five dollar, and then, then you know, I, I I organize it even on on the screen so I know which lineup is which. Mm-hmm. So that's why you know, like I'll change the goal. That I mean, this is the this is the way that I organize it. You could organize it any way you want, but like if I have uh, Jorge uh, Gomez in my cash lineup, which, I mean, it could be anyone, because I, I put backups in. It doesn't matter. Just it's it's a label for me, the goalkeeper position. So and then I'll have two lineups that are like you know Joe Hart, and then I have three lineups that are Wayne Hennessy, and then three lineups that are uh, Pope. So I know that when I look at the screen, I go, okay, let me enter the Pope and the Hennessy lineups, those six, into the thirty-three dollar contest. The ones below it. Enter in the five dollar contest. The two that are next to it, one's going to be my high stakes GPP. One's going to be my golden goal lineup. One's going to be my long ball lineup. 
And then the main one, I put in all the double ups, you know, like something like that. Right. And then if I want to import and go, okay, I want to split my action here. I want to move one thing over. Then I could just go into the contest and import a different lineup. And then it moves the money over to those lineups. That's how I do it. And usually I'm doing it on the phone, but I mean, that's how I organize it from there, but I'm doing it like immediately. I'm doing once it comes out and same for the head to heads. It's like, if you want to get the most exposure, the most amount of opponents, post your head to heads as soon as you can. Why not? What is, what is, what does it hurt? You can always post more. Typically I post more than what gets taken. So I don't care. And typically when nine o'clock, nine 30 comes around, I'm, I'm withdrawn from contest. I'm withdrawing head to heads. Cause you know, I'm sitting there with $309 head to heads that aren't taken. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if someone hasn't taken them by now, I'll just withdraw them and you do that and you do that. So you're not auto matched with someone that you really don't want to play. Right. You could do that. Right. Hmm. And, and they're not blocked. I mean, now that you have 10 blocks, it's kind of easy to block a lot of people. Sure. But before, when you only have three blocks, there's like people, there's like, they don't take your games and you don't take their games. But if you, if once lock happens, it's going to auto match you with anyone that you're not blocked and it's, and it's open. Yeah. DraftKings so, doesn't but, know that you have that a uh, un, unspoken agreement. <laughs> well, it's not an unspoken agreement. I mean, it, it, there's no, not there's, agreement. Yeah, it's just right. There's no yeah. agreement whatsoever. Just that, oh, this guy's good. Right. So I'm not going to take his game. So I mean, it's the same thing that anyone could do. But I view the other, my opponent the same person as he's too good under the rake that I'm not going to take his game. So mm-hmm. is there a purpose of blocking if you're not going to take each other's games? Not really, unless you're blocking for auto match. Right. Right, because then then you could leave it open for that. So typically, I try to withdraw, uh, especially that. Like sometimes in like the fives and belows, I don't just don't even bother, just auto match. Whatever, whatever happens, happens. Uh, but you have the but so many people block me now, also. So a lot of times I go in the head to head lobby and I see you know sixty eight contests at one level, and I go and it says no opponents. Right. So I'm like, like I'm blocking, they're blocking me, whatever. Uh, but I'm doing that as early. I'm I'm doing all of this the planning as early as possible. You know, I'm doing while the world cup qualifying slates are going on like halftime today. Typically they're going to post tomorrow's mm-hmm. like I'm going in immediately at halftime. I'm going to go in see what the contests look like and go, okay, I'm going to make X amount of lineups. And while I'm out smoking during halftime or something, make something, make some type of lineup, make five other versions of that. And then post my head to heads and, there, I mean, do the same thing over. It's just like, I mean, EPL, I mean, for this coming Saturday has been posted since Saturday right? with the salaries and everything. So it's like, I, I went in yesterday. It was like, okay, I'm going to set this all up right now. I know I six days in advance, but now everything's set up. Everything, you know, is, you know, my head to heads are, I mean, no one, you look in and like, no one's in anything yet, but it's like, I don't have, I don't have to think about any of that anymore. Like for people that, I, I mean, I see people because uh, when I do check the lot, you know, towards lock time or seven, eight in the morning that are now just posting head to heads. Like, why did you if you knew you were going to pl- I mean, I can understand if you're like, I'm not sure I'm going to play the slate. Perfect. That makes perfect sense not to post them three days in advance. But if you know you're going to play. Like, there's no just post them early. Doesn't mean you have to be in double ups or any, I mean, that type of stuff. Sure. But I, I, I never understand be like all of a sudden I see, Oh, so-and-so. I mean, most of these people, are, some of these people are in the Slack chat for Rotowire. 
Mm-hmm. I go, okay, so-and-so isn't playing because I normally would see him in contests. And then, you know, like Tom. Tom does that a lot. Mm-hmm. I, 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 all of a sudden I see, oh, okay, he is playing. It's like, and now I see him in three bands or whatever. It's like you miss two days of getting people in like that you could have played. Like how many head-to-heads do you expect on filling two hours before lock when I've already filled 75% of my head-to-heads since Wednesday. Right. So I don't know. And and it's not like it's, oh, it's all the regular, like, I'm just random people. I'm telling you for the head to head lobby, like it's not, it's much bigger than what you think of just by looking at who's posting. Because I could tell you, I'm, I'm picking up. I, sometimes I see people, I recognize the name. I'm like, okay, they haven't played in three weeks. Like I recognize the name. Mm-hmm. I see it in my opponent list on Roto tracker or something like that. Oh, they're playing, but you may not even see them in, in your double ups. May not. I mean, there are people that sometimes play three mans that you won't see in any posted contest. Right. Just like someone that's like, I'm playing the 109 three man, and uh, you know the hundred dollar top corner, and that's it. That's the only time you sit. The only time they're in. You won't see them in the fifty dollar double up or a dollar double up or the single entry double up or nothing. And you could look around. You could contest select all you want. So if you're doing that two hours before lock. Like, to me, you're giving up. If you're a sharp player, if you're a profitable player, you're giving up a lot of your edge. I mean, I've said before on this podcast, like a, like a year ago or whatever, that I think a good 30 to 40% of my income uh, is from contest selection. Yeah. So, solely, not on the lineup, not of lineup construction. That if I didn't contest select, 30% of my income would be Gone. lost. Yep. Because I I would have played better players or worse situations where I didn't have the edge too high a rake or chose to play the, the $400 contest when there's like all sharp, like, like there's no bad players in there. But I'm but hey, I play the 400 every week. So I can't like look bad by not playing or something like I don't <laughs> that that that's sometimes that it's it's a it's a psychological type of ego thing. Of you know where did where did this guy go? He must he must be doing bad. I don't see him anymore. I mean people say that even now about Sahil. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean because I mean he was tournament player of the year for Roto Grinders uh, a year ago, I mean, last year, and a lot of people are like, wow, I didn't multi intro that. He hasn't played. I'm not just talking about soccer. I'm just talking about in general mm-hmm. DFS. Condia was the big one, like from three years ago or something like that. And it's like where the hell did he go? Uh, and a lot of times it's a lot of times it's because, you know, you could only play at nosebleed for that long before you a bad run and you get crushed. Yep. Yeah. We talked about uh, that the other day. Right. Uh, that, that part of it. And also, I mean, hey, people have life, life things or whatever, but some, but don't fall into the trap of, well, I normally play this every week, but I've lost half of my bankroll, but I'm going to now I, I, Hey, if I win it this week, I'm all good. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, you just step down and get to back to basics. And, you know, good contest selection means a lot. Playing one, you know, the, the extra 3%, 5% that you could get, especially with the rate going up, means a lot if you're playing regularly. If you're playing, especially if you're playing NBA or MLB, where it's like an everyday type of thing. Like, don't think of, oh, that's, uh, I don't really pay attention. I make enough, whatever. But at the end of the year, you're going to look, and it's like like it's like you handed $5,000 to 
over to right out of your pocket. So be contest select. You can make that back if you choose some weeks. Well, normally I put in 2000 a volume, but because I mean, there have been EPL slates where like, where did all, where did all like, it's like, where did everyone go? You know, some, some weeks it feels like people decided to wake up and play. Right. Like contests are filling and I was like, I haven't seen him in a while. This guy's playing head dead. Okay. I'm going to take that. And you're like, okay. Like now, now it's, and then, then some, some, sometimes some Saturdays it's like, I'm looking and it's like the $50 double up that was originally posted on Wednesday is still at seven of 11. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the original one. Like not, they didn't even bump in and there's no extra ones. And I'm looking and going, I may only have X, I may have <coughs> of what, I would normally play, but I'm not going to just go, well, I'm going to play the star player in a $500 head, head, head to head match because I normally play that amount of volume. Right. Just don't play that much. Makes sense. It's, it, it, it makes sense in, in theory. In but theory. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're all human. So you have to kind of put it into practice and I make mistakes also. Hey, sometimes I, I do get uh, emotionally involved of like, I can beat that guy. Like ah, I don't have that. You know, or I, I sometimes on like a shorter slate, where it's like okay, I made four lineups, and it's like so the three lineups combined uh, that aren't my cash lineup is like a hundred dollars in volume, and then like no one's taking head to head, so like my cash lineup is like one hundred and fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. It's like that's that's not a good split to have. So it's like, how do I get more cash double ups in to even this out? And then I just go and go. Oh, I guess I'll take a one hundred nine fifty fifty with three sharp players just to bump it up. <laughs> I'm already playing them in double ups in the $50 double up, but I'm going to do sometimes that happens. I try not to, that, that, that I try to listen to myself of, well, if that's the way it works out, that's the way it works out. Don't force anything. Don't, I'm going to take a $50 heads up because I just need to fill in volume. Makes sense. That's a smart way. That's the smart way. Right. It doesn't, doesn't mean you actually do it, but if you could at least pound into your head that uh you know these are the types of things that matter and that's why that's why i try to be as as as, you know transparent i'm i mean i don't want to say i'm transparent as possible i am transparent Mm -hmm. andrew do i do i not i mean i mean there are plenty of other people in this industry that aren't sure in fact probably it's on the other end of the spectrum that transparency is limited as hell Mm -hmm. so then and there's no ulterior motive of any there's nothing I don't, I don't gain anything like, right. <laughs> I'm telling you to get out of my contest. Why would I want to tell you that? Right. I'm telling you, I'm now I'm not playing the small stakes contest. That should make it easier for you, <laughs> which it, which is fine. Hey, as the rate goes up, if the competition goes significantly down, then they, they become, they could become better. It doesn't matter what the rake is. Right. The rake was 20%, but you're playing against half the field who start injured players. Still play those content. Yeah, you're gonna you be pro- right. You're gonna still be profitable, but as the skill level goes up and the rate goes up, the the edge between people goes down. So really, you have to weigh that in. That's why the rake at higher levels. I'm like, like nine percent rake is, I get six percent back, and I'm hoping that the six percent back is is better than the other players that are in the contest. Mm-hmm. But once they start, if they rake those at fifteen percent, I couldn't play those. The way with the uh, unless uh, you give me some horrible horrible people, right? So really, that that's the that's what you're weighing in between one another. I, me not playing the quarter arcade 
with that many, with 2,000 entries, is it going to make that much of a difference in the grand scheme of things when they're breaking 17 point whatever percent? Sure. Uh, but but just understand that. Just you know, at the the lower lower levels, like you're going to have to show a much higher ROI to survive the creeping up of rate. Because two years ago, those contests were raked at like 12 percent. Yeah. And that was high because 10 percent was the norm. Mm-hmm. And then the high stakes was like 6%, 5%. Like the, the $100 or $400 would be like 5.5% or something like that. And then the, the main GPP was like 12%. Mm-hmm. And then 10% was like the normal. Like 9 or 10% was, and now it's up to, I mean, we see we, we see it moving up. I mean, the, the that $2, the nutmeg and the, the $1 contest or whatever, the $1, 17%. What are you nuts? <laughs> it's getting a little. Two high. years ago, two years ago when I started, and I was I wasn't playing the higher. I was only playing the dollar in the two dollar contest. It was twelve percent. So I take a look at my past result, my results from two years ago, where I have an ROI of twenty to thirty percent, which is high. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much money that five percent difference would it have taken away? It would it would have taken away uh, somewhere between two to three thousand dollars. Had the rake been this high two years ago, right? That's real money. Like we're not talk we're not talking about chump change over the course of, of a two year period. Like if I take that one year's results, like that's that's taking that's not going to your opponent. That's going to DraftKings. Mm-hmm. That's going to FanDuel. That's going to one of them. So it's like yes, I did have an edge over my opponents once I started getting good two years ago. But had the rate had you had I started now in that process, like I would be two thousand dollars poorer. Mm-hmm. I would still make money, but not. You know, the difference between uh, a forty-three thousand dollar year would have been forty-one thousand. Right. But but the difference between forty forty uh, two thousand when your overall profit is forty thousand is I mean, I mean what what is that? Well, what right? Well, I mean that's five percent. That's like you know. That's like raising sales tax on milk, <laughs> right? I mean, but that's what yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. All right, the rate doesn't affect you. No. And also, and also, let, let me let me throw in industry wise, uh, which which a lot of people are not pointing out, uh, and <laughs> I I this is not specifically on you or RotoWire because out of most of them, uh, this is not against RotoWire. Understand that uh, in the past, uh, the well, still now, but more so in the past. And you, like, why is rate going up? They're trying to, you know, you know, make as much money as they can. They are venture capital funded, so I mean, that does make sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, all the stuff on on all the content sites that you read, and not soccer, because like RotoWire is like the only place that does soccer. As a regular thing, like you're Andrew, you're the, like the only full time person in all of soccer DFS. <laughs> that I mean, that gets paid to be in charge of something. That, mm-hmm. I mean, you do season long and FPL and all that type of stuff, also as well as other sports. But uh, the sites like Roto Grinders and uh, ask your favorite anything that's been around for a while, they made their money off of sharing rake. Your like your rake, mm-hmm. like that's how they made money. You signed up through their link. And you got their content. That's how, why they promote it like that. And they would, if if the sites raked at ten percent, the that the content site that you signed up through, 
got a percentage of that. Yep. Even if it's 10%. So let's say you're playing $100 in volume and you get raked at 10% from the site. That's 10 bucks to to DraftKings. They give a dollar to who you signed up through. So the more that you play, the more that the, they make. Mm-hmm. Now, that money doesn't go to DraftKings. That goes to the, the content sites. So understand that that if that deal wasn't in place, rake wouldn't be as high. Right. So under understand that that the even if you're not paying as a premium member to any of these sites, such as RotoWire, that you're paying for it anyway. Because the site now you could have make the argument that the sites would raise the rake anyway, just make more money. <laughs> perfectly, but that's a perfectly viable argument also. Yep. But uh, it's an expense for 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 the sites. So when they have to pay out, and we're not talking about chump change, we're talking about millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, oh, some guy made five thousand off the whatever. No, no, we're talking about millions upon millions of dollars of your rake is going to unaffiliated to draft. I mean, business wise, I mean, they it's an affiliate deal, but you know, not DraftKings. And maybe if more of that money went to DraftKings and FanDuel and Yahoo and whatever, uh, they wouldn't need to raise break like this. So that's my, I'm, I'm not against content sites or anything, but I just <laughs> want to highlight something that not a lot of people are highlighting that just because, well, I'm not going to pay for content. I mean, we always say, you know, hey, sign up for the RotoWire. Like I take a look at the RotoWire subscription. Which is what, like ninety bucks for the year? Mm-hmm. Something which like that, in the yeah. in the daily fantasy industry is cheap, mm-hmm. especially for stuff that you really can't get. I mean, you could get elsewhere. I mean, you could look through who scored and Squawka, but I mean, no other sites offer you any type of soccer DFS coverage that RotoWire does. And I look at ninety dollars for the stats. Now you have uh, MLS and uh, Champions League stats. We do now also. So I'm like ninety bucks in, in the grand scheme of things. When other sites are charging hundreds of dollars for premium content is to me a deal. Mm-hmm. And if you signed up through a link, they make like they're going to make money off of the content regardless because the main the main business model, not as much anymore because the, the affiliate deals have changed where there's now like a cap right. on it uh, where the sites can't just make unlimited money off of you. Uh, you're paying for like anything that's in a premium section, like even if you're not paying for it. You are paying. You're for paying it. for it, right? Right, and rake, like the, the, that's that's how the sites promote themselves. So, but it, it's something that most casual users or semi-regulars or don't don't realize. They just go all one one hundred percent. DraftKings is horrible. They're raising the rake. Screw you. Blah blah blah. It's like, well, well, look at DK Playbook. Look at how much money they're putting into making their own content. Mm-hmm. And you go, is that necessary? Look, you know, they're you know. These these live finals and events and VIP treatment and all like these the free rolls. I mean, I'm I'm I think the free rolls are are horrible. The and I'm in them. Like I played the NFL one because I mean I'm not going to not play something that's free. That's free, yeah. Uh, I'd rather just the rate be lower. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't give a we give five hundred thousand dollars a month for free roll based on your FPP play. Mm-hmm. It's like I'd rather just Take that five hundred thousand and decrease the rate by one percent. Yeah, and that's it. That's yeah. all. That's that's it. Because now, now these free rolls, yeah, it's they're top heavy. So like, eighty five percent of the people that qualify for the free rolls don't get anything. Right. Like I'd rather just get one percent. 
back. Have it be a rake back deal like the poker sites did when you, or a bonus. So it at least shows that like, oh, you're you're into like cash back on your Discover card <laughs> or something. It looks like you're getting something. Right. Right. So you, you don't have to say that if you just decreased rake by one percent and then didn't give out then because most people don't notice the 14 to 15 percent difference. They think, oh, DraftKings doesn't give away anything anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, have a little bar or whatever that you get a you know certain amount. And kind of FPPs are that because you could trade them in for contest tickets. Not at the rate that you used to be able to. Uh, so, but I'm just, I just wanted to highlight that, that it's not just a site. Like the, 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 the money in this industry is all correlated in some way where you don't just be angry at the sites uh, or, or, or just understand how it works. You don't have to be angry at anyone. You can say, gonna, or you could be angry at everybody. Right. Because you could also say that if it weren't for those type of affiliate deals, a lot of these content sites would have never survived. Mm-hmm at all in the scale that they are currently. Uh, and then there would be no content. Then you just have to be dealing with DraftKings playbook, which uh, for the most part is horrible. Oh, well, <laughs> uh, is, is there anyone at, at Rotowire that writes for DraftKings playbook? Uh, Skyler does. <laughs> I said for the most part. Yeah. I said for the most part. Okay. You can take that up with him. Uh, all right. I think that's good. We no comment. Okay, and, and you're, you're <clears throat> the the company line is no comment. Yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I know when to step but in, I, and that was not I, one of the opportunities. I, I, can you at least confirm that what I'm saying is at least true? Uh, yes, I can. Not, not not in effect, but factually. Like yes. I'm not like, like I'm not making stuff up about the affiliate links. Right. Yes, not about the horrible content. Okay, I'll keep that opinion to myself. Okay. Oh, okay. So no, I don't care if you don't comment on that. <laughs> Skyler does a fight. He, he, he better than most. There we go. There we go. Okay. Screaming endorsement. Uh, if anybody wants to follow up on that screaming endorsement, you can find Jordan on Twitter at BlenderHD. You can find me at Rotowire Andrew. We're also available in the Rotowire Soccer Slack chat. If anybody wants to join in, just uh, feel free to contact me. The easiest way has been email, um, which is Andrew at Rotowire.com. You can get me on Twitter as well. Um, and so, Jordan, thanks for that. And I'll talk to you on Thursday when we finally get back to Premier League. Yeah, golden gold time. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.